Blog Talk Radio. Welcome. Today our topic is Strategic Expense Management for Law Firm Leaders. Joining us is law firm consultant Rob Mattern, an expert in helping law firms develop an unbiased strategic direction for their business processes, while improving both the cost effectiveness and the expense recovery for those services. Welcome, Rob. Nice to have you with us. Nice to be here, Joey. Now, we have a lot to cover, so let's get right to it. Let's start off with a three-part question. One, what is strategic expense management? Two, how can it be strategic? And three, why is it becoming so important? Discuss. Okay, great place to start. Mm -hmm. Um, Strategic expense management is really not just taking a look at what you're paying for a particular item. Obviously, that's important, and it's extremely important in today's marketplace. Mm -hmm. But why are you even paying for that expense? Are you recovering that expense if it's a billable expense to a client in the most cost-effective manner? Does it make sense to be paying for that in a different type of format in order to recover that cost more effectively from your clients? And is it structured properly for the firm from the expense side? So it's really just not just taking a look at the expense or the cost of the service or the product or whatever, but really taking out the, you know, one, why are you even paying for it? Two, can it be structured differently to recover more cost effectively? And three, um, is it structured right for the firm to even begin with? So that's the strategic side of it. Um, and why is it important? Every firm is really looking to decrease expenses and increase the recovery of these costs from their clients where, where it's appropriate. Got it. And now more than ever, it's important, obviously. Absolutely. So do most firms put their contract engagements or renewals through a, a competitive RFP process? Why or why not? I tell you, what we have found when we go out and work with clients that approximately 70% of their contracts when they come up, do not go out for competitive Do not process. go out. Okay. Do not go out. It's, it's surprising um, because, obviously, going through a competitive process, there's a, a large amount of work involved, but also, too, that's where you're going to drive the best overall um, strategic solution. Why are they doing it? Um, the answers range from, you know, they don't have the bandwidth. You know, a lot of that... Uh, management or staffing levels have been uh, decreased over the years. Uh, they don't feel they have the expertise to do it effectively in-house. Um, they have a, a good relationship with the vendor, and they're happy with the services, and the vendors are telling them they are getting a uh, good deal. Um, they're afraid of upsetting the vendor by pricing their services, which um, is... You know, really, to me, not a legitimate reason why, you know, law firms are getting their pricing questioned or, or uh, being put into competitive processes all the time. So you shouldn't be afraid to do that to your vendors. But really, it's usually one of those reasons or a, whole, uh, or a combination of those reason, reasons why firms are not really competitively pricing their deals. They're just signing the renewal the vendors are giving them at the end of the contract term, and they're leaving a lot of money on the table. Right. So how can a firm drive top-line revenue as a value-added benefit through the request for proposal process? 
Okay, when we talk about top line revenue, we're talking you know, obviously dollars coming into the firm. And what we've mm-hmm. seen um, in the last couple of years is a lot of firms are using these RFP processes, especially for some of their bigger spends. And you know, just for example, um, an outsourcing contract for the back office, copy fax, mail operations, records, is usually in the top five spends a firm will have. Obviously, you have rent, wages, insurance, IT, but usually this, um, uh, this spend for their outsourcing contract falls in that top five. And a lot of firms are taking that opportunity and um, uh, throughout the RFP process saying, okay, listen, I'm going to give you a multimillion-dollar contract. What's coming back to me? Can I establish a relationship, uh, a legal relationship with the vendor to get some legal business from them? Uh-huh. And, you know, I, uh, it's, it's, it's always been done, not as prevalent as it is now and not as upfront as it is now. And, you know, a great example, there's a law firm based here in Philadelphia that uh, um, received significant signing incentives, plus became the primary law firm for an outsourcing vendor that just won their contract. You know, I was talking to a law uh, firm from Oakland, California at a uh, conference a couple weeks ago, and they struck the same type of deal with their insurance broker. So it's much more upfront now. Firms are using the spend in order to drive that top-line reciprocal uh, relationship. And there's, you know, there's pros and cons to it. You need a well-structured contract. You've got to have the expectations laid out, performance standards, and so on like that, because it's very difficult to fire a client. But exactly. it does work, and, and firms are, are, uh, are doing it. Good. How important is cost recovery, and what trends are you seeing there? I'll tell you, cost recovery, depending upon the firm, and 99% of firms out there still are utilizing cost recovery in some format. Either they are um, still going after the typical recovery items of copy, fax, you know, postage, prints and scans possibly, um, legal research. Now, there's been a lot of pressure from clients for refusing to pay for certain items, such as Legal research is the one that sticks out. Uh, it's the highest level of pushback and refusal to pay that we discover when we do our cost recovery surveys every two years. Um, but depending upon the firm and the position they want to be in, is still a, a, a key part of the recovery of these costs and the impact to the bottom line, anywhere from 2 to 5%. So depending upon the firm's situation, it's either extremely vital, and in saying that, some firms have given up on it. It's not worth the effort based upon the amount of money they are able to recover, or they're, they're practicing the type of law that the clients won't pay, or they have the market power to say, hey, we are not going to reimburse um, or allow you to recover these costs. And every firm has those types of clients, but depending upon what that mix is, it's either still critically important or it's not as important, and firms are modifying their approach. Oh, okay. What is the current state of traditional cost recovery? I think you touched on it, but let's go a little deeper into that. Well, yeah, um, I tell you, it, again, either it's still critical to the firm or it's not. If um, we find that the firms who are doing a, an excellent job, and when I say an ex- excellent job, they're recovering 
approximately 20% more than the average for their industry, uh, for their firm size and geographic region. You know, their policies are defensible. Um, you know, lawyers are buying in. Clients understand the policies, and they could and they could justify their pricing, and they're they're staying on top of technology. So in that case, um, the cost recovery is very very healthy for firms that don't have those items. Or the attorneys are not buying in, and that's usually your biggest area write off. Clients are not, you know, are dictating what they're going to pay. They're they're struggling um, struggling with it. But again, there's it's still very much alive. I think you have to take a look at your client mix how you're delivering the legal services, how you're delivering these types of services that you're trying to recover for, and structure your recovery strategy to match that. Got it. What other models are being used and to what success? Okay. Um, I'll tell you, some of the models that we're pushing out there or we're recommending to our clients, again, depend upon what the clients are willing to pay um, or the law firm clients are willing to pay. Uh, what the attorneys are comfortable with is, you know, going with more of a hard cost model. You know, uh, survey after survey that we conduct, and again, we're doing one right now, 2014, and the numbers are trending exactly like they have in the past. But most firms recover in the high 90% range of hard costs. And that's where you have an invoice from a third party that clearly states what the costs of that service or product was, and you pass that through to your client. We also bring that services, that type of model to some on-site services. So we have a clearly defined cost backed up by invoice and clients will pay. So that's one trend we see. More firms are going with, a more, uh, with looking at the hard cost model. Other firms are, hey, listen, if I'm going with a hard cost model, I could decrease the level of services on-site and utilize backup facilities for these vendors. Okay, utilize their backup facilities to deliver these services. So they're modifying the on-site services in relation to their, what their cost recovery strategy is going to be. Are you so, seeing certain models being used by certain sizes of firms? That's a great question. It, 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 none of these models are, are dictated by the size. It's more by um, you know geographic presence, whether you have alternative service providers in the area. Okay. Um, what your clients are willing to pay for, what the firm's comfortable doing uh, or comfortable recovering. Some firms are still reluctant to recover prints and scans, and they're still riding that copy-fax model, which is if you are, you're going to be in trouble because co- copy is decreasing. And, you know, when we first started in this business um, 16 years ago, you know, it used to be um, copy versus Print was, you know, print was about 20% of copy. Now, in a typical law firm, they're printing two to three times more than they're copying. If you're not recovering that, and again, I'm not saying anything that these firms aren't, don't realize, your cost recovery revenue is decreasing dramatically. So, you got to get it with a bandwagon. If not, if you're writing that copy fax, it's going to be um, you're dying a slow death. So what are the top strategies for reimbursable and non-reimbursable expenses a firm could implement, let's say, today? Okay, reimbursable, you got to factor in the cost recovery ramifications. Mm-hmm. Number one. And okay. maybe, you may be willing to pay less, uh, pay, pay more for a product if you could recover it easier from your clients. 
Uh, for non-reimbursable, it's really exploring alternative service delivery models. You know, do you really need these mail runs every hour? Chances are, if you look at the contents of what's being delivered, they're LL bean catalogs and pottery barn. So we could really dramatically decrease some of the services. You know, volume of U.S. mail has gone down dramatically. Mm-hmm. So taking a look at dovetail, you know, um, um, changing your service delivery model to what is currently happening, and a lot of firms haven't done that. Okay. So that on non-reimbursable side, structure it so it's the most cost-effective way possible. Whereas is reimbursable, bringing bring into account the cost recovery side of it. Now, once the contract negotiations are complete, what are the next steps, or is it just a wait and see until renewal time? Yeah, I tell you, that's a, you're leaving too much money on the table. Uh, <laughs> okay. We find that uh, when we monitor and we and when we're involved with the client and we're monitoring the invoices, we discover about eight percent of the value of the uh, contract on a yearly basis is building error. Wow. So you got to be checking your invoices, making sure there things are being billed properly, make sure the you know the meter counts if that's involved here they're accurate. Yeah, make sure you're getting reporting that allows you not just, you know, uh, volumes, but really strategic recommendations to manage that contract in a much more effective way. You know, take a look at the recovery of the cost versus this contract. Um, all things that, again, sadly, a lot of people sign a contract, they put it in a pile, and they don't look at it for the next three and a half to four and a half years till the contract starts coming up. And you're leave, leaving a lot of money on the table. Uh, contracts have to be managed. There's like a, a living, breathing entity. They ha- can't be ignored. Um, somebody has to keep an eye on it. And, hey, did what was negotiated a year ago make sense now? And should okay. things be changing? And that's where the reporting and the scorecarding and monitoring the uh, service levels and performance standards come in. Gotcha. That brings us to the end of our podcast. Thank you to our guest, Rob Mattern, for your expertise on strategic expense management for law firm leaders. Rob is a featured author in ALA's April 2014 issue of Legal Management, where he explains how CEOs can take six critical steps to improve their firm's efficiency. Be sure to read it. Thanks again, Rob, and thanks to everyone for joining us.